Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app right now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. All right, what is going on, everybody? How you doing? Welcome to Talking Buffalo Podcast. I'm Patrick Moran, and I'm going to tell you what, man. Always a big thrill to get this guy on the show, so I'm not going to waste any time here bullshit at the top. My man, third time doing this podcast, the notorious Barry McCockiner, social media star, troll analyst, whatever you want to call him. I love your social media. It's uh, We've talked about this before. You're funny. Um, the trolls are funny, but beneath all of that, what caught my attention with you going back a handful of years now is you really have some solid NFL, NBA insight when when you feel like having it, man. So I like talking sports with this guy, Barry McCockiner. What's going on, buddy? How you doing? Doing well, man. How you doing? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. So last time we had talked, your Twitter was at, uh, it was definitely over a hundred grand. And like always, you ultimately got reported and booted off Twitter. So now you, like as always, you've started from scratch and you're up right around 38,000 or so followers on Twitter as we record this on a, on a late Monday. Now I'm going to, I want to talk some, your YouTube channel, but before that, because this is kind of related to one of your videos. In fact, I watch it today. It's your week six NFL review, which by the way, is actually really cool. But when you were going over the Miami part, uh, when they lost in Jacksonville, you're talking about too, his agent has something to do with helping you get your last account blocked. What, what's that all about? Let's start there. Uh, yeah, well, this was like, uh, this, was, this is towards the beginning of the preseason around mid-August. And uh, I had kind of been going on a rampage again, doing like fake uh, sports center trolling and things like that. Mm-hmm. Nothing, nothing malicious, nothing like I'm not, I'm not like accusing anybody of anything or just like just my typical goofy shit. And uh, I said that I made a, a fake uh, tweet that uh, pretending to be sports center that uh, Tua was retiring to focus on his mental health. And it, it took off pretty quickly. And then Tua's uh, agent, I forget the guy's name because he's a He's a worthless piece of shit. But he basically said, <laughs> he basically was like, I'm reporting this. This is wrong and shit like that. And then it just, just, it was just, and then eventually like a few hours, excuse me, a few hours later, he, I ended up getting suspended. Now, I don't, now to be fair, I don't know if Tua's agent was the straw that broke the camel's back. I don't, I don't know if his, if his agent reporting me actually got me suspended again. Because again, like to be fair, like I was playing with fire a little bit, so it could you know it could have come back to bit me finally. But I like to imagine that uh, to his agent reporting me, maybe he had some connections in high places that uh, he was able to get the attention of Twitter to finally ban me. But yeah, but so yeah, I just like to blame it on. Tw- I like to blame his agent for getting my last <laughs> account banned. Um, but in a in a weird way, I, I know that uh, we, 
Well, I'll let you ask me about my YouTube, but in a weird way, I think in the long term, that actually might have been good for me in getting that account suspended in the big picture, ironically. Why? Why? Well, because it finally, because uh, I had had that account for really like nine months. So literally, it was like my baby, if you want to say mm-hmm. like nine months baby. It's a, it's a stupid, stupid connection. But um, <laughs> like, I, I, it really kind of forced me to, because I had spent like so much time and energy like building up this account, that account from scratch. And I had like 110,000 dollars. So it was pretty, it was getting pretty popular again, but like I'd, I would spend like a lot of my time building it up and building it up. And then once they got suspended again, I kind of looked around and I said, man, you know, I, what do I really have to show for it? I don't have like, I'm not, I don't have a lot of money to show for it. I don't have really anything. I get, I get like, I have like a, a, I guess like a cult, uh, like a a cult classic, not not a cult classic. I don't know what the hell I'm trying to say, but like like a cult figure, I guess, where people are like, oh, sure. this, is, this is the guy who you know trolls and makes up stuff and and this and that. But um, it really forced me to kind of reevaluate what I was doing with my time, and it really forced me to reshift a lot of my time and energy in my YouTube channel. And at this point in time, you know, I, I'd been I would make like a, a YouTube video maybe a, a once every two weeks or so. Um, mm-hmm. I would get a decent amount of money for, you know, like off ad revenue and shit, but it wasn't, I wasn't really, I was dedicating more time and energy to Twitter. And at the end of the day, I didn't really have much to show for that. And so I said, you know what, it's time for me to really start to really get serious about this YouTube and see if I can make an actual living out of this. And, you know, you coincide all the renewed energy that I've been shifting into my YouTube channel with the start of the NFL season. And I've really been spending and, and making a lot more videos, a lot more content. And so far I would say in, and really since my last Twitter account got suspended about two months ago, I've already, I've gained like 20,000 subscribers and quickly growing on YouTube. So, yeah. Uh, so it's really, and, and I'm starting to see like, you know, more, mo- a lot more monetary gain from that. So it, it's really kind of, it, it really kind of forced me to, check myself and, and reevaluate what I was doing. And so, and I'm still on Twitter, you know, I still do Twitter, but now Twitter is really more like, it's not the main thing. Like I I basically just use it to shit on Tom Brady a lot. But other than that, I'm not really like, I don't, I don't spend all day and night on Twitter anymore. I'm like trying to figure out more ways, right? What can I do for my YouTube? Because that's something that really gives me a future that I have a lot of potential gain for there. Whereas Twitter, it's like, I love Twitter, but you know, and, and maybe I could have, maybe it could have been different if the piece of shit Jack Dorsey and his rules didn't keep getting me suspended. But you know, right now it's like Twitter. Twitter is something that I can't rely on. So I've really been dedicating a lot more of my time and energy into YouTube, and so far the results have been really good. I've noticed that too. Like I said, I'm I'm one of those guys. You talked about having a, and it's a it's a very realistic term because in some aspects it is. You have had like a cult following on Twitter. And part of the fun of following Barry McCockner on Twitter would be you ultimately getting your account suspended. And I'm sure, and you've talked about this when you've been on this show before, at least at that time anyway, like you said, you're starting to dedicate more of your focus now towards the YouTube side, which we'll talk about in a second. But at least at that time, it used to really piss you off when you would, because you'd put all that work in and get oh, well, this I mean, large I mean, following. To be fair, I mean, I'm still, I'm still a little pissed off. Like, cause sure. I, I know for sure, like if, you know, my, my most famous account that I ever had, I think we talked about this on, on here before was uh, my sports talk Barry account. Yeah. 
and that had like a almost a quarter of a million and that was over like two and a half years ago almost now so if that yeah. account had never gotten suspended I, i'd probably be at a million or so followers so i would i mean yeah i would, I would fucking love to have that i'd love to have a million followers on twitter <laughs> but um, well, but you know but, but it, the thing the thing is though is like you know even at, even back then i was like you know i never really know because twitter has this dumb like permanent like evading suspension policy that i know that a lot i'm sure that a lot of listeners here i know i'm not, i know i'm far from the only person that has ever been a victim of this stupid permanent event you know evasion of uh of you know sure. you, get, you get suspended originally like your first account ever gets suspended and you try to make new accounts and so but it doesn't really matter it doesn't even matter if you do anything offensive like it's just the mere fact that you created another account after being suspended originally in terms of like the twitter law of the land is enough to warrant another suspension so uh it doesn't like it doesn't matter like all i do all i do now on twitter is like like i said like i'll tweet stats and i'll tweet videos of like awesome throws from nfl games and then i'll like shit on tom brady but i'm not like out here like doing trolling or anything like that anymore right i think um but it's like yeah absolutely for but i would yeah i would absolutely love to still have my big twitter accounts but uh but like youtube is like at least at least so far, like, I don't want to jinx myself, but like with YouTube, like it's just, you really do get what you put in and there's an actual, like, you can actually see it quantitatively with all like the, the, like the more you work at it, the more content you pump out, the more people recognize you and you can see, it's really like kind of growing a plant or something, not marijuana, but another plant where definitely not marijuana. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely not marijuana, but it's just, just a less lethal plant. (laughs) <laughs> and um it's like trying it's like you know like you put like a it's like a walnut you uh put in the ground or whatever and you just like you watch it grow into a tree like that's kind of what like growing a youtube channel from scratch is like and yeah. it's great to not have to uh have to really worry about getting suspended at any possible moment no matter what you do so i'm really enjoying youtube and i think that um it's, it is a shame though that uh twitter is just is, is just so like draconian with their with their policies because you know you look around and it's like oh this guy like we can't have this barry mccockner dude who does like sports trolling and shit on here but we can give you know bill cosby a fucking account we can give harvey weinstein a verified account we can you know like there's this little there's literal rapists and murderers you know oj simpson is at like a million followers and so it's like yeah oh and the fucking taliban yeah the Taliban, they, they, they let the Taliban have an account, but it's like, oh, no, you can't. Have, look, Barry McCocker, no, we can't give this guy. We can't let this guy stay on here, but the Taliban's okay. It's like, you know, at that point, at, at that point, I was kind of like, whatever, you know, just like that was probably like the last straw for me where I'm like, all right, fuck Twitter. I'm just going to go to YouTube now. Well, half the, half the fun on Twitter always was, again, as somebody who's followed you for a while and has laughed at some of your trolls. And like I've said, and we've talked about this before, I actually... When you're in the mood, actually just, you know, straight up talk sports, very informative and a lot of, uh, you know, and you provide a lot of stats and, and things to back up a lot of the things that you talk about. But anyway, half the fun used to be you would get suspended and then having to find you again. You know, sometimes you would have a backup link on your Twitter or whatever, so it would be easy. But there'd be times where you'd get suspended and then it'd be like, well, Barry McCocketer's dead. And then like a week later, somebody will retweet something like, oh, shit, there it is. You know what I mean? And yeah. that would be fun to find. And by the way, for anyone listening, um, Barry currently anyway, as we take this, it's at Barry on here. But I- I'm glad you brought up the YouTube thing because what I've noticed, and we've talked about 
you doing YouTube stuff on this podcast in the past. But what I've noticed personally is since the last account got suspended and over these last, I don't know, at least three to six months or so, you have the consistency of the videos that you've put out now is like night and day. Like you used to have, you know, you always would have some videos that would make me laugh. And again, they make me laugh, but they also contain a lot of informative shit in there as well. But now it's like, but like those were like sporadic, you know, like you do a handful of them and then you go a while without really having anything. Now I certainly am starting to see the, the consistency. Like I know pretty much to, to go on almost weekly now, like these NFL week reviews, I've, I've watched all six of them to date. And, uh, yeah, I mean, a lot of talk about the work that goes into it because the, those aren't done that quick. I mean, you use a lot of clips, quick clips in and out. And obviously you're talking about each and every game. And like I said, you know, you throw a, a joke or two in there and base with some actual, you know, legit sports states and stuff, but that's just got to take a long time to do, man. Ain't it? Well, ironically, like at, at first, yeah. Like the first video I did of it, um, it was, it's time consuming, but ironically enough, it's actually a little bit quicker to do once you really get the hang of it, once you get into a routine. Sure. Uh, because all of the clips that you really need, like if you're reviewing a game at the end of like NFL's YouTube channel, like they, they already give you like all the highlights, all in these, mm-hmm. all in these videos. So what I do is I go to YouTube, I go to uh, the NFL's YouTube channel and I go click, I like download all the game highlights and then from that and then from that i just kind of edit whatever clips i want from the particular game usually like the important plays so ironically enough it's it's the non uh highlight it's it's the non weekly review videos that are actually more time consuming like for me like my most recent youtube video which i'm sure a lot of uh buffalo bills fans will enjoy is i did like a 16 minute video which is basically nothing but clips and 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 uh, stats of of Tom Brady's luckiest playoff moments, exposing yeah. him for how he's such a fraud. And uh, it, it's videos like that. I did one uh, a couple of weeks ago about like I ranked the NFL mascots. Like it's the, it's the non weekly reviews that are actually more time consuming because you actually have to go out onto the internet and find clips or in pictures of things that aren't already given to you. So. Uh, so the weekly reviews, you know, at this point, it's kind of like you get into a pretty good routine where, you know, you, you kind of you really start doing it. At, once Monday Night Football is over, the weekly games are done. Then it's like you move on to uh, you, then you start like I, before every video I do. I know a lot of other creators do this. You, I, I found it a lot easier and, and helpful to actually type out what you're going to say instead of just doing it all, you know, ad-libbing off the top of your head. Because sure. if, you do, if you ad-lib off the top of your head, then you kind of, you'll, you'll fuck it up and it kind of won't come out as smoothly and then you have to restart the entire sentence over. So yep. if you actually, if you actually type out what you have to say, you know, it's, it, it's, it really, really helps the, the process. And this is something that I didn't really start doing until uh, five or six months ago. And but it, that's also another reason why the the quantity of my youtube videos is being you know like i'm pumping out more youtube videos but in the end i think that i think that the nfl season starting is is was great timing because it also gives me something to talk about besides like trying to come up with video ideas um and so it just like it always gives you something to talk about every single week for the nfl fans i still you know i i, I want to eventually kind of right now i'm pretty much 
mostly an NFL channel. Like I, I tweet, I, I make a lot of videos about NFL teams and quarterbacks. I did a video mm-hmm. about a month ago or so now where I basically said, you know, I, I put an asterisk on every Super Bowl winner since 2000. And that's actually one of my most successful videos ever. Uh, so like trying to come up, so trying to come up with different video ideas that are something that I'm interested in, because if you're, if, if you're interested in what your video is about, then it's so much easier. It, I, I've, there've been some videos where, you know, I, I start, I've started it and I'm, I'm kind of like, I'm not really super interested in the topic, but I, I kind of, you kind of push through it anyway. And it's kind of a slog, but it's really, you know, it's like with anything in life. If you're, if you like what you're doing, it's a lot easier to do. And the time goes by a lot quicker, but, um, but eventually I, with YouTube, I would like to kind of branch out more into other areas besides just the NFL. But I mean, right now when I'm still trying to grow my channel, like the vast majority of my, of my followers are, are NFL fans. So, sure. I mean, I guess they'll have to wait I me mean, every now and then, like I'll do some NBA videos, but those really, those really don't seem to do as well. So for me, it's kind of like, I don't really want to waste my time and energy making a video about something that I might be interested in, but a lot of my followers won't be interested in either. Like for me, like, cause it's, it's almost Halloween now and I'm a huge horror movie fan. And for me, like I would love to do a video about, I did one actually last year, I did a little video around Halloween last year about like ranking the top 10 horror movie villains. And I thought it was really fun and cool, but it, it didn't really do a lot of numbers. And so I was like, wow, that was, I was kind of disappointed with that. So it's one thing where like eventually like you I want to be able to branch out a little bit more to things besides just football as much as I love football as much as I love quarterbacks and stuff like that. Uh but eventually, you know, in the long term, yeah, once I get more followers, I like to branch out my content to different areas. Yeah, I've noticed a a, a shift so to speak in the Barry McCockner brand and this kind of coincides with what you're talking about. It's a little less you know, a less concerted effort and time spent on Twitter and now a lot more on YouTube. And the shift that I'm talking about is less actual trolling where you pretend to be Ian Rappaport or Schefter or somebody else and you get to, I still think that shit's hilarious. And it's yeah. funny sometimes when people still fall for it, you haven't completely eliminated that. You haven't been doing much of that at all though of late, but now it's trending, like I said, more towards the video side. And what I really like about these videos is they're informative, but they're also still funny. It's not like you're becoming some kind of, you know, straight edged uh, sports analyst on YouTube. You still got, you know, that Barry McCockner slant to, to a lot of things. Obviously, the Tom Brady thing will never not be funny to me and probably every single Buffalo Bills fan and or Tom Brady hater out there. But yeah, man, I mean, the NFL stuff's really cool. I like the consistency with the NFL weekly reviews. And you're not exclusively doing quarterback stuff because you do like dynasty, you know, what could have been stuff like that. But you certainly, like a lot of your videos are about quarterbacks. Like you like, it seems to me like you really like spending a lot of time breaking down and, and discussing quarterbacks, whether they're, they're new quarterbacks. You had this series and we're only going back, you know, like I said, less than a half a year ago, you had a nice series about certain players. Are they hall of famers? And that was kind of you examining it, like Matt yeah. Ryan and, Eli Manning, Philip Rivers. Um, you had a, a video about Andrew Luck, what could have been, Probably why the Saints all. never became a dynasty. Yeah, so the Dan Marino shit, why, why Dan Marino never won a Super Bowl. So there's like lots of, like, would you agree that like your 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 main focus, not exclusively, but for the most part, you really like spending your time talking about quarterbacks a lot? Well, I think, 
Well, I, I've always been interested in because I think quarterback is such a unique position where it's it, it's the most important position, but there are still so many factors outside of the quarterback's control. And so the way that people talk about quarterbacks has always been, especially quarterbacks with a lot of rings, aka the piece of shit HGH user in Tampa Bay. And like, I always hate how I, I hate the discourse around quarterbacks. So for me, it's like, you know, people always kind of just resort to rings or this guy's a choker. Or this guy sucks. Or this guy's clutch. And I'm like, well, you know, people just, I always say, if you, if you're only going to focus on the results, then go fucking read a sports almanac and don't watch the actual games. Okay. The sport would be better off without you, you stupid pieces of shit. You know, it just, it pisses me off because it's like we sit and we watch these games for like three hours and we see the the process that leads up to all these results and we see all the plays and the mistakes people make. And then at the end, it's like the winning quarterback, no matter what he did. And, and again, I'm basically just subtweeting or basically, you know, shitting on Tom Brady with this because no matter what Tom Brady does or no matter how bad he plays, whenever his team wins, he gets all the credit. And so I'm always like, man, you know, I just fucking hate the way that we, that people talk about quarterbacks and in the media and in fans. And so like, I always, I, I, I'm, I'm always very interested in the process of, man, why didn't this guy, why didn't this quarterback, despite being so great, like, why didn't his teams win more? Like I've done that with Aaron Rodgers. I did it with Drew Brees. I did, I took a look at Peyton Manning. Like it, it's that shit that I, that I always found interesting. And sure. in addition to that, it's, it's always quarterbacks are always a pretty popular topic because you notice just from kind of just really just watching and just kind of common sense is fan fans of a team. They latch on to the quarterback more than any other position emotionally for their favorite team. Like if, if, a, if a quarterback, if a team has a great quarterback, then the fans of that team are emotionally invested in that quarterback more than anybody else. So the quarterback videos are something that I find interesting, but also something that I know are going to get a decent amount of, of, you know, traffic because people love quarterbacks. Like, you know, no offense to tight ends or offensive linemen, but I could, if I fucking made like videos about tight ends, like nobody would really give a shit. Right. Besides, besides like, you know, the hardcore NFL junkies. Now that's not to say that I wouldn't like doing videos about that, but if I'm trying to build up my channel uh, right now, like I'm trying to do, I'm trying to find topics that I enjoy, but something that I know that other people will, a lot of people will be interested in as well at the same time. So uh, again, like maybe eventually down the road, once I get more popular, not more popular, but once I, once I become, uh, once I get more subscribers, then maybe again, I'll branch out into other more specific areas uh, because my, you know, I'll kind of be able to cast a wider net. But right now I'm still just trying to build up my account with, with topics that I enjoy and that I know will get a lot of traffic. But you know, with, with, like I said, with quarterbacks, like, and, and Bill's fans know this too, because they got Josh Allen. It's like, it, it's one thing if, if I were to come in and insult, you know, if I said, you know, Cole Beasley's an overrated piece of shit because he doesn't get a vaccine. Like if I said that, Bill's fans might be, they might be upset about it. They might even agree with me. But if I said, Josh Allen's an overrated piece of shit, what do you think's going to happen? If I said that to a Bills fan, what do you think's going to happen? They're going to probably right. kiss me out and they're going to say, fuck you, you, you dumbass. You don't know what the hell you're talking about. So it's, right. that, it's, it's like this with Chiefs fans. It's especially like this with Brady fans. Brady fans, they're not like, Brady fans are a separate thing. They're like, you know, for years they pretended to be Patriots fans and now they're Buccaneers fans. So Brady fans aren't necessarily to just align with one team. They're just with everywhere Brady goes. It's the same right. thing with Packers fans, with Rodgers. It's like this with, with Saints fans and Drew Brees. Uh, Colts fans and Broncos fans with Peyton. It's like you can it like 
whenever you go and you try to insult or not insult, but really evaluate a quarterback's game and it's not, and you're basically not just blowing, you know, sunshine or rainbows up their ass, then the fans like are going to be like kind of the fans of that team are going to get mad at you. And they're going to be like, why do you hate my quarterback? Like, why are you used to hate it? You don't know what you're talking about. So uh, that that's basically why, you know, a lot of my videos revolve around the quarterback position because it's the most, it's the most emotionally invested position for fans. And also I just find it really, really, I, I find it, uh, to be pretty, uh, just, it's so unique. There's really no other position like it in, in sports. And so, yeah, that, that, that combination of it. Uh, and I just, I just love going back through NFL history and, and really looking at why didn't certain quarterbacks who were phenomenal, why didn't they win more? Like why, like, where did they go wrong? Where did their teams go wrong? And so that's something that I love doing and I'm going to continue to do. Uh, and I'll probably do more of that, uh, in the off season where I'll probably go back to making more videos. Like there's still, you know, there's still plenty of other quarterbacks that, you know, I could make career videos about that I haven't yet. Uh, Brett Favre's one, um, you know, John Elway. Uh, think of the other, you know, famous, any other famous quarterback or popular quarterback that uh, I'm sure that I could still find a way to. A lot of people listening might know of one who played for the Buffalo Bills and lost four straight Super Bowls. Jim Kelly. Yeah, Jim Kelly. Um, so yeah, there's still like maybe you know maybe once the NFL season's over, um, I'll transition back more to historical stuff um, because it's you know obviously during the NFL season it's like up to date and recent and it's just like nonstop like new news and, and new events happening. But yeah, but but again, the quarterback position is just so unique and the way fans get attached to a quarterback of their team. Uh, and I'm like as an Eagles fan, like it's the same way with me, like with for for with uh, Wentz and growing up, like the reason I became an Eagles fan was because really because of Donovan McNabb. So um, that didn't really age that well because McNabb kind of has had a pretty bad career post football, but uh, Mm -hmm. it's like, it's like the quarterback position I think is the position. Ironically enough, I feel like the one team that's kind of the exception to this is the Vikings. Like, cause I see, see, I think Kirk Cousins is a really good quarterback, but the, like from what I see, like the majority of Vikings fans don't really seem to like them. And right. maybe, it's, maybe it's because yeah. of the big contract, or whatever I it is. So. But like, yeah. but it's just like I don't know. It, the whole like that's the that's the only exception to me where I'm like, hey, you know, I'm not saying like nobody's saying like Kirk Cousins is as good as, as you know Aaron Rodgers that he's like this elite MVP caliber guy. But I'm like, Vikings fans even pretend like Kirk Cousins is some scrub. And I'm like, you know, the, the guy's pretty good. Like you can do a lot worse than that, you know. So, but he's like the Vikings fans. Um. Are are really the one exception to that where they have a good quarterback, but they don't really seem to care about him. So uh, I I always find that interesting too. Yeah, well I'll tell you what for everyone listening, I'll put a link in the show notes as well. Check out Barry McCockner on YouTube because, like I said, Twitter it, it may be your thing, it may not be. You know, well, the let, whole... let me just say something. If you hate, Go ahead, man. If you hate Tom Brady, then you will absolutely enjoy my Twitter. <laughs> we'll enjoy your Twitter. Yes, we'll absolutely yes, enjoy Adam. my Twitter and my YouTube. We'll enjoy all my content if you hate Tom Brady. But absolutely, uh, but follow on. I'm going to put a link to it on Facebook or uh, YouTube as well because there's also just like on Twitter, there's Barry McCockner hosers out there, imposters yeah. that have like I don't know 25, 30 followers like on YouTube. That's not the person. I'll put a link there. If you just want to, for a video, you want to know for sure, like my my actual uh, my actual. YouTube is a my Avi on my YouTube channel for it, it's like around sixty thousand subscribers. So that's the first yeah. giveaway. But if you're still if you're still confused and you want to make sure it's me, then just 
my avi on, on youtube is a picture of a yellow lab which is my which is my dog cooper who i recently lost in july yeah. so uh yeah. so that's that's how you know it's me if it's around sixty thousand subs and and you see a picture of a yellow lab looking kind of like coldly into the camera that's which that was just my that was always my favorite pick of cooper so i made it my my youtube avi yeah really cool all right we're gonna take a really quick break come back on the other side of the break and i'm gonna spend a couple of minutes talking actual nfl i got some talking points i want to get barry's thoughts on a few things a couple of things buffalo bills related to so we'll be right back we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. All right, I'm back with Barry. And, you know, I when I first started talking to you about getting you back on the podcast, I, I knew I'd have some NFL notes that I wanted you to at least hit on. And at the time, I never would have imagined that I would be. And, of course, as a Buffalo person, this is in part because the Bills are coming off a of bye, so I don't got nothing with the Bills right now. But the Cincinnati Bengals, man, I didn't think I'd be talking to you about the Cincinnati Bengals when we first started talking about getting you back on the podcast about a month or so ago. But here we are, man. This team seems like for real. I mean, they went to Baltimore, a team that many people thought were the best team they have seen. Maybe they still are. But, I mean, they slept. Cincinnati kind of slapped them silly on the road. Joey Burrow's good. Jamar Chase, he's a star already. And we, we see that. But the thing about the Bengals is, and I watched a lot of that game on Sunday, their pass rush is pretty legit. I mean, they sacked Lamar Jackson five times. They harassed him all day. I thought Trey Hendrickson from New Orleans was like one of those overpriced, you know, free agent pickups who went to a shitty defense and would, you know, pretty much never be heard from again. But dude's balling, man. He's got like six and a half sacks or something this year. Uh, do you, the Bengals are fine, too. What are your thoughts on them? Are, like, are you sold on them? Are they, are they legit in your eyes right now? Well, I mean, I, I, so, I mean, like like pretty much everybody else, I certainly didn't see them uh, starting off this well. I certainly – I. I was wrong about Jamar Chase, who is off to arguably, you know, the best seven game start of any receiver in NFL history. Mm -hmm. um, Burrow has improved his play, although I still have some questions about him, like in his physical limitations, like he's not like his arm strength is still it's it's weird with Burrow. And I've said this a couple of times, like on, on Twitter and on my YouTube videos, I'm like, 
the, the only guy he seems to throw deep to is Jamar Chase. It's like their offense is either lots of like five to 10 yard throws and then the occasional bomb to Jamar Chase, but defenses have been able to figure it out. So like the Burrow Jamar Chase connection is real. So, you know, we kind of, a, a lot of people, including me kind of went at the Bengals for not picking an offensive lineman in the draft right. instead of going with Chase. But, you know, Hey, so far the Bengals have proved everybody wrong. Um, but again, it, it still is the Bengals, so I'm still somewhat hesitant um, to go all in and say that uh, they're legit because, it, like, you know, I don't know. It's like, you know, again, it's the, they're the Bengals. Like, every time they're just one of those teams that you can't really fully trust. Sure. You know? And it's kind of it's kind of like this. I always said it with the Raiders. Like, like, this is one of my recurring things with the Raiders and all my YouTube videos. Every single week, I'm like, you can't trust the Raiders. Like, every year, like, the Raiders – you know, like, and this was even before all the John Gruden shit came out. But I'm like, like you can't trust the Raiders. Like every year, the Raiders will be like six and four or six and three, and they'll be like on the verge of like you know, kind of being on irrelevance on on relevancy and being a contender, and then they just shit their pants. So I'm curious to see whether or not what Cincinnati does, but like whether or not they start out five and two like they have, and in, in all seriousness, they should probably be six and one if not for yeah. that just fucking clown show at the end of the Green Bay game where the kickers were taking turns, you know, just crapping down their leg. Right. Um, but, I mean, yeah, so far, I mean, they went into Baltimore and beat a really good Baltimore team. They beat the shit out of them. So, at this point, it's like, I don't know. Like, I, I'm not I'm not saying they're frauds, but I, I want to see make, maybe if, if they get to, like, 9-2 and two or 10-2 and two or 9-3 and three or something like that, then maybe I'll kind of go all in. But right now, they're 5-2. and two. You know, they've been really good. They have one of the best point differentials in the league. I think that it's like, what are we going to do? Is, is Jamar Chase going to be able to keep it up? Is Joe Burrow, is he going to have like, another one of those stretches where he kind of, like he had last year as a rookie before he got injured, where it was a lot of quantity, not a lot of quality. Uh, is he, is he going to kind of revert back to that? We don't know yet. But, I mean, obviously, uh, right now the Bengals have, have made a lot of people look dumb, including me. Yeah. Now, conversely, the Kansas City Chiefs, I mean, God, man, they got blown out Sunday at Tennessee. A couple weeks ago, they got beat bad by Buffalo on national TV primetime football. I mean, we knew this defense was going to be trashy, but they always seemed, in the, over the last couple of years anyway, to have a, a, you know, a trashy defense, but they would make a, a couple plays at some point of the game when, when they needed to. And then obviously the offense would be damn near unstoppable. I mean, the offense is still good, but the difference now is, I mean, they're making some crazy mistakes. The turnovers are, are it's almost unbelievable right now. This team's three and four. This is an AFC that there might not be one completely dominant team, but this is a very good conference. And I mean, the AFC West, I mean, the Chargers and the Raiders are, are playing well. Are the Chiefs, they're three and four, are they? And this defense, I mean, you're watching it. Is this team toast? Are they done this year? Yeah, I mean, I think that their defense is – I trust – Patrick Mahomes, I tweeted this yesterday, Mahomes is in – he's in a slump. And every quarterback in NFL history, doesn't matter who you talk about, has had a slump. And I think Mahomes is kind of cursed by his own success because his first 50 or so games were literally, like, unprecedentedly dominant that when he regresses to being just merely good, people are like, what's wrong? And I think the, the, the defense is a legit problem. The defense is going to suck no matter what happens. 
I don't expect their offense and Mahomes to continue to be as as inconsistent as they were, especially against Tennessee and against uh, Buffalo. You guys a few weeks prior to that, um, because again, going into yesterday's game against Tennessee, the, the Chiefs' offense was like the best offense in the league. So it wasn't as if it wasn't as if like the Chiefs' offense and Mahomes had like turned into the Jets or anything before before the game against Tennessee. Like they were still putting up a shitload of yards and a ton of points. It was just that. Mahomes' interception totals have been kind of inflated by some, you know, unlucky bounces and drops and things like that, and some dumb plays. But, you know, like a lot of the talk was pre- how the previous few years Mahomes had been lucky in terms of like dropped interceptions and things like that. Uh, whether or not you believe in that, it's obvious that it's kind of like the law of averages is kind of it's regressed back towards the mean this year because it seems like every time Mahomes throws a pass and the receiver drops it, it's it's like or it gets bounced up in the air, it's been picked off. So yeah. I, I think that Mahomes' interception total is is inflated. I don't think he's been as bad or as inconsistent as his stats say. But again, but that was before yesterday. Um, I think in reality, this is a team that the Chiefs should be like 5-2 and two right now. They The defense choked away the game against Baltimore and the game against uh, the Chargers. So uh, I think that really the only two losses the Chiefs should have right now is against Buffalo and against Tennessee. In terms of what happened against the Titans, I, I, I have no idea. Like that's obviously, you know, was the worst, uh, by far the worst that they've had offensive performance that they've had with Mahomes. Just fumbling, just doing. There's no defense for that. Um, you, you can't help but just say, man, you know, before the Super Bowl last year, there was this. There was Mahomes had like this aura of, you know, inevitability about him, where it just felt like no matter what you did. He was going to score 30 points at least and throw four touchdowns. And and you guys, you guys saw this in the AFC Championship game. It's like the Bills, like they went up early, I believe. And yeah. it just like, you, you, even as a Bills fan, you're probably just sitting there like, well, we know eventually Mahomes is going to show up and probably, you know, put up a shitload of points. So you're like, you're never like you, even when the Bills took an early lead, you kind of weren't really that happy because you knew what was coming. Whereas now it's like ever since the Super Bowl and ever since where, you know, they had just the they were playing like a high school offensive line and Mahomes got destroyed and had like no time to throw. I mean, I'm not I'm not one of those idiots. It's like, oh, the league has figured him out and the league like, oh, the but like Tom Brady broke Mahomes. But it's like it, it's hard not to think like, man, you know, ever since that Super Bowl against the Buccaneers. It's like that aura of invincibility and inevitability that Mahomes had is gone. Where yeah. teams are like, "Hey, this guy, you know, he can be beat." And so it seems like since then, you know, the inconsistency has crept in a little bit. But overall, with the Chiefs, I still think. Look, I, I mean, I, I'm not a I'm not a betting man. Maybe I should be, but I'm not a betting man. Uh, but I would I would bet that Mahomes and the Chiefs and Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey. I would bet that their offense figures out a way to bounce back and go back to putting up great numbers eventually. Um, but yeah, the defense, the Chiefs' defense is the biggest problem there. Uh, yeah. Their defense is just atrocious on every level. They just don't they don't really pressure the passer. They give up a ton of yards really everywhere. I think that some of the bad drafting they had in previous years, like drafting you know Clyde Edwards-Alaire in the first round last year. Um, and I mean, really go look on, if you go on pro football reference and take a look at their, at their drafts since 2018, uh, Mahomes has really covered up a lot of the stink there. Uh, there's really not a lot to show for, there's really not, not a lot of talent that they, that I, that they've brought in and people like to focus on, 
on Mahomes and Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey, and those they're all great players. But it's like you know, all of the best teams, all the most successful teams, it's all about depth. You need some depth. You can't just be top heavy. You have to have like some because again, this goes back to the fact football is a team game. You know, there's eleven guys in the field every play, and if just one guy fucks up, then it can ruin it for the other ten guys. And so. I look at Mahomes play and I'm like, man, you know, he seems to be a little more jittery in the pocket than he was in years past. Maybe that's because he doesn't trust his offensive line as much. I don't know. It seems like defenses are playing more cover two against them and forcing the Chiefs kind of to be patient a little bit more. And they haven't found a way. And like Mahomes is still trying to force things. Who knows? But again, I I think that I just, it's like, if the question is like, do you think that the Chiefs are done for? I think that their defense is going to remain bad. But I, I, I expect their offense – I don't expect their offense to be as bad, again, as they were against Tennessee. I think that, that was more of a one-off. Uh, because, again, for the first, for the first uh, six games, they were the best offense in the league. So right. I, I still expect it to be a one-off. But, yeah, I mean, it kind of if – you, if you look back through Peyton Manning's early career, there was a season there where Peyton's rookie year, they were terrible – and then second year they were thirteen and three, and then they were a playoff team his third year, and then his fourth year they went six and ten, and they had the worst defense in the league. And Peyton had a bunch of interceptions, and it was really kind of a, a big step back from the progression that he had made the previous two years before that. I think you're, that you're kind of seeing that a little bit with Mahomes in this case, where he's kind of you know his interceptions are up, and the defense is terrible, and it's it's a big step back from the previous few seasons, but. Uh, you know, Peyton was able to eventually write the ship and go back to, you know, becoming one of the you know best two or three quarterbacks ever. Uh, and I, I think Mahomes will be able to do the same. When it comes to the AFC, all right, so we just talked about the Chiefs. We could argue that the Bengals might be the, the most pleasant surprise in the AFC right now. Um, conversely, maybe the Chiefs are the biggest disappointment. But if it's not the Chiefs, uh, last AFC point, and then we'll spend a few minutes talking about the NFC. The Miami Dolphins, man. I mean, and what the hell has happened to this team? They were a team that almost made a playoff last year. I think they won 10 games. They should be 0-7, really. Yeah, they're 1-6 right now. And, yeah, and they could very easily be winless. They, um, they'd be 0-7 right now if uh, Damien Harris, literally, the Patriots, all, they had, all the Patriots had to do in week one was just hold on to the ball. They were on, like, yeah. the Miami Dolphins' five-yard line with, like, two minutes right. left. All they, yeah. all they had to do was just hold on to the ball, and the Patriots would have kicked the chip shot field goal to win that game. So, yeah. yeah absolutely. They'd be, they'd be winless right now. As it stands, yeah. they're one in six. I mean, does does Brian Flores need to be fired? I mean, he kind of reminds me, like, a to use an example, a Buffalo example, Leslie Frazier, a defensive coordinator. He, he's in a tremendous defensive coordinator, but maybe Leslie Frazier just didn't have, or he didn't have at the time what it takes to be an NFL head coach. Maybe he'll get another opportunity. I, I don't know, but do you kind of feel that way about him? Like, Maybe this guy's just better suited to be a coordinator. Because I don't know what's going on with Miami, but I do know, as somebody who follows the AFCs pretty closely, this team's got too much talent on paper. I don't care what's going on to our, you know, just a quarterback situation. This team's got a good, a good roster. Certainly not a roster that should be one and six. What the hell's going on there? Well, I think last year they 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 were ten and six last year, and I think they were helped out um, a little bit by. Uh, I think their defense was maybe a little bit overrated because they they beat up on some really really terrible teams. Like last year, you think about it, you know they they played the Bills last year twice, and the Bills offense just ate them up every time. Yeah, killed them. And then yeah. you look at but so but they got to play against the Jets last year with Adam Gase when they were one of the worst teams in league history. And then they got to play the Patriots a couple times where you know Cam Newton was one of the worst quarterbacks in the league. And then they played 
you know, they, they had the Jaguars and Jared Goff and the 49ers who were playing like Nick Mullins or something, who knows? Uh, and then like, so I think last year and they got to play the Bengals last year against like when they were without Joe Burrow. So it's like, they're, I think last year their record was a little bit inflated because they got to play some pretty favorable matchups in terms of quarterbacks. And also, you know, the fact that, you know, two is just not very good. He's just, he's like, he's one of those guys, he's kind of like a game manager. And I think last year, Ryan Fitzpatrick was kind of like, he came off of the bench in a bit of a closer role almost a couple times and saved the day. And so I think last year, everything kind of just went right for Miami in order to get them to 10 wins. And this year it's like, there's no more like Fitzpatrick for all, like all the memes and shit. Like he's pretty volatile, but he's capable of some really good games. And his ceiling is kind of higher, I think, than Tua's is. And, you know, it's like their defense, which was their strength last year, it's kind of like they haven't – they obviously haven't been as good. And they've gotten – you know, they got the ass kicked by the Bills again. Uh, the Raiders, Derek Carr is a good quarterback. You know, the Colts, like Carson Wentz, is is actually playing pretty decently. Not great, but pretty decent. And obviously the Buccaneers, who are like the most talented offense in like in recent memory – the Jaguars is one that, like, yeah, you should have been able. They should have. They shouldn't have lost the Jaguars. But I think so far this year, like, and then they get, then they get uh, Halloween. They're playing the Bills next. So it's like, I think thus thus far this year, like the the opposing quarterbacks that they've gotten, the, the opposing quarterback competition they've gotten is a lot is a lot superior than it was uh, last year. And so I think that they're kind of getting exposed there. Um, but I mean, you you look at all the metrics. Yeah, they're 31st in points per drive, 29th in points allowed per drive. It's just not a not a good team, really, in any aspect. In terms of Brian Flores, I don't really know. He's again, he's another one of those Belichick guys, and you kind of say to yourself, well, how much of his success in New England was was it's like he was kind of was he? It's kind of like him and Joe Judge, and you know all the other former Belichick disciples. It's like, well. Yeah, they won a lot in New England, but was it was were they just along for the ride, or what exactly is going on there? And I think that you know it's 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 one of those situations where, like yesterday, like the Falcons just they the, basically the Falcons did whatever they wanted to offensively, and yeah. it's like the, this defense is just doesn't have anything. And then Tua is a guy like Tua just doesn't really inspire anything really. Uh, Jacoby Brissett sucks. So whenever they were without Tua, Tua is injury prone. I always say this. I'm like, you know. Whenever I whenever I look at a quarterback, the first the only the first thing I look at is I'm like, what is something that sets them apart? Like, what is their X factor ability? And I look at Tua, I'm like, well, he doesn't really have a strong arm. <clears throat> Excuse me, he doesn't have a strong arm. He's not that durable. He's somewhat accurate, I guess, but his accuracy it's not like he like stands up. Like it's not like he stands out on film. His accuracy, he really really rushes when when his first read's not there, and it's like, you know, he his. His arm, like I said, his arm strength. I already said his arm strength is bad. What's the other thing I'm trying to look for? Um, yeah, it's just like there's nothing that Tua really does well. So I'm like, what exactly is the long term goal here? I mean, there's a, I mean, where there's smoke, there's fire. There's obviously, you know, they can try and deny it all they want, but it's pretty obvious they were trying to get Deshaun Watson in there to try and maybe save, you know, regardless of how many sexual assault allegations he has against them, which is pretty mm-hmm. much, I think, basically the biggest indictment. On Tua, it's like, hey, we want this guy who could potentially go to jail over you. It's like that, that's <laughs> right. Yeah, it's like that. That pretty much says it all. Like, yeah, we don't think you're the guy long term for us. Um, but there's just nothing that Tua really does that jumps off the page. And so, I, I think for the Dolphins long term, it's like you know, 
I, I think they're they're pretty fucked um, because it, you know, like the Bills are seem like hey, they got they got Josh Allen's going to be there for the next 10, 15 years, and then you know the Patriots. Maybe Mac Jones is going to be become a good quarterback. I mean, certainly they certainly did a number on the Jets yesterday. So it's like you never. It's like the Patriots are always going to be competitive with Belichick there. So you know the Dolphins. I think you look at the Dolphins long term. There, uh, it doesn't look very good unless they're able to somehow you know get Deshaun Watson in town, which would bring certainly a ton of issues on its own. From a you know, I'm sure there wouldn't be there would be a lot of unhappy people about that, but. Uh, I mean, really, you look at it like, and you look at this upcoming draft class too. It's like there's really all the scouts and and everybody are saying like this is one of the weakest draft classes in terms of quarterbacks in recent memory. So it's not like there's a surefire like uh, future Pro Bowler on on the market coming into the league next year. So right. yeah, it's 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 looking pretty bleak for Dolphins fans. Well, I, I'll tell you, we're gonna take one more real quick break, but yeah, I mean, I I think they really uh they shot themselves in the foot, obviously by taking Tua over Justin Herbert. No offense to Plexico Burst. No offense to Plexico Burst. And they didn't do themselves any favors by, again, this year they kind of doubled down on Tua because they didn't take a, a Justin Fields or a Mac Jones or even Trey Vance. They could have one of those guys, and they and they stuck with Tua for another year. So, you know, they're kind of reaping what they sow. All right, so we're going to take one more really quick break and come back, spend just a couple minutes talking about a few teams in the NFC, and then we'll finish. I'll get a thought for or two on the Buffalo Bills from – Barry McCocketer. Be right back. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. All right, I want to talk about three teams in NFC, but before that, real quick here, the uh, the feel good vibes of, of Sam Darnold getting a, a fresh start, uh, you know, a new change of scenery in Carolina. Those days seem to like officially be over. Horrific, yeah. ugly loss against the Giants. He got benched. Um, is he reaching that official bus territory to you at this point in that 2018 draft as a whole? I mean, so you had Josh Allen, who's been. You know, he played at an MVP level last year. Lamar Jackson literally has been an MVP already, and he's playing at an MVP level again. But after that, man, I mean, yeah, Darnold, third overall. Josh Rosen, you know, enough said. And, and Baker Mayfield, who's just been like, all right. I mean, that class is not quite as a whole worked it out, but more specifically for the purpose of this conversation, Sam Darnold is just, uh, I don't know, man. Yeah, he, he sucks. I think that... Uh... I think, uh, you know, the first three games of the year there kind of fooled some people who said that, oh, well, you know, this is, it was Adam Gase holding him back and blah, blah. I'm like, well, you know, you look at, look at the competition that they played. Uh, they basically, who they played, they played uh, the Jets, who are one of the worst offenses ever. 
and they played the the Saints, and they got the bad version of Jameis there, and then they played against the Texans. So it's like, yeah, they started out three and zero, and everybody was singing their praises, and Darnold, you know, is actually this is I, I've never I've never understood the hype with Darnold, and it kind of goes back to the thing with Tua, where I was like, like, what exactly he's supposed to be great at? Like, and this is the thing where. Like uh, with Josh Allen too, it's like when you, even when Josh Allen was struggling his first couple of years, it's like he, you could see why he was taken so highly. It's because he just had all the physical tools, like you just just the unbelievable arm strength and athleticism. Like you could see why. Mm-hmm. But with guys like uh, Tua and um, um, who are we talking about? I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, Sam Darnold and, and Darnold, yeah, Sam Darnold. It's like yeah. Darnold, like even at USC, it's like. Like, I don't know, when I watched him at USC, I'm like, this is a guy, he throws a lot of dumb picks. His arm yes. isn't really that great. Like, he's not a superb athlete. And, like, I'm just kind of like, what exactly am I missing here? And then he goes to the Jets, and he sucks there. And people were like, oh, well, it's the Jets and Adam Gase. And I'm like, well, I mean, you know, if, if, you're, if, you're, talking, if you're talking about a legitimately good quarterback, all right, then you're talking about a quarterback who's able to do well, really, regardless of the situation he's in. And not, like we're not saying that you need to be a fucking MVP or anything in a terrible situation, but if like the best quarterbacks were able to really still be competent in any situation, regardless of what's happening, that's why they're the best at what they do. Mm-hmm. Whereas, so you know, the vast majority of the time, if a person is making excuses for a quarterback of, oh well, like look at they had so many different offensive coordinators and oh they just had terrible coaching and blah blah blah, then the like the the it's a great chance that that quarterback just sucks. And so we're already seeing it with Justin Fields, by the way, who looks terrible, but that's another discussion. It's with Darnold. It's like, you know, just, I, I just never, I don't, I don't know. I've never seen anything that made me go like, wow, this guy has the potential to be so great. Like I never understood why he was so highly drafted. I never got it. And so I never bought into the three and O start. Uh, and obviously he was benched yesterday for a black quarterback, so racism is officially over now. I wanted to just congratulate <laughs> everybody on that. Absolutely, um, but but yeah, it's like you know, Sam Darnold sucks. I think that uh, I think it, we're pretty much at that at that point now where he's in year four and he still looks like shit. So, I mean, you know, I mean, there's you can maybe count on like one or two hand, you can maybe count on like one hand the number of quarterbacks who were dog shit for the first four or five years of their career and then, you know, magically turned around to become great. Like I think right. Tannehill is one of them. Um, you can maybe argue Terry Bradshaw if you want to go way back, but like the examples of, of a, Alex Smith, maybe like the, like there's very few far in between few and far between of guys who, you know, were highly touted, came into the league, sucked for, you know, four or five years and then magically turn it around. There's just, there's been very few of those guys throughout NFL history and I would not bet money on Darnold, you know, turning it around. I think he stinks. I think it's official. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, when you, when you, when you're with the New York Jets organization, it's almost like you get a pass, but this Carolina organization is good. He's got talented receivers, got good running backs is well coached. It's a, it, it's a well-run organization. They were, by the way, I mean, you hit on this and completely fraudulent, three and O team, just like the Denver Broncos were now in the AFC. I feel like there's no less than six or seven teams where if they get hot at the right time, and I'm still going to include the chiefs in this, if they even make the playoffs, I think they're very capable of going to the Super Bowl. I think there's six, maybe even seven teams in the AFC for sure. The NFC to me is a little more 
it's the big four, and then it's like everybody else well, is look, we, look, the, a couple levels. We, we down. all know yeah. we all know the Buccaneers are going to make it again because it's just that's just Brady. We all know like I, I I've succumbed to like I'm not even fighting it anymore. I'm tired. I'm fucking tired of it, man. Like I'm just it's every year. It's like I remember last year I was like, hey, maybe the Chiefs. I've actually I actually picked the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl last year, and then Mahomes goes out and you know fucking gets the shit kicked out of him. They put up nine points. It's like. And basically, the entire offseason was one of the worst offseasons ever. Just left a terrible taste in the mouth of just, like, everything that could go wrong did go wrong. So, look, sure. it's obvious. Like, we all know what's going to happen. We all know that, like, Brady is going to get to play the Rams again. And Stafford is going to throw a couple terrible interceptions. And Brady's going to have, like, three touchdown drives under 20 yards. Basically, it's going to be a lot like what we saw yesterday against the Bears, where he had fucking five possessions in one half. That started on his opponent's side of the field, yeah. you know? and then then we're gonna have to hear oh, how does Tom Brady do it? It's like how does how does Brady do this? Like, it's so amazing. It's like well, he literally had fucking ten possessions start on the opponent's side of the field. Like it's he's playing arena football basically. Like he's not playing. It's not even real. It's fake. But but it's like the Buccaneers. Just everything. Never ever doubt. I, I made a mistake picking the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl last year. I should have known better. I'm not making that mistake again. The Buccaneers are gonna win. It doesn't it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter how good any other team looks. We all know that the Packers defense at some point in the playoffs is going to shit down their leg like they do every year for Rodgers. Uh, and we all know I don't trust Stafford, even though Stafford's been phenomenal so far this year. I don't what trust about Arizona. Stafford. I was getting Arizona next. Like again, it's kind of like I, I don't we don't really know because they've never made the playoffs before. Uh, Arizona might be the best opportunity, but look, you have to understand when Tom Brady is involved, everything goes his way. Everything that can go his way will go his way. And the fact that over 20 years, the fact that people can remember like the three plays over 20 years where it didn't go his way kind of just reinforces the point where it's like there's <laughs> only been like there's only been like two or three times like the Super Bowl fumble against the Eagles is like one of the very, very ultra rare times where it didn't go his way. And like the Tyree catch or whatever. But like every single thing that can go wrong. To or that benefits Brady will go wrong. So we all know what's going to happen. The Buccaneers defense is going to come alive and they're going to get some interceptions. They're going to give Brady a bunch of short fields. Brady's going to probably play like mediocre dog shit and still win. It's going to be the same story as always. And in all honesty, I think it's going to be the same way until Brady finally retires. Because it's like you look at the Buccaneers team, it's like this Buccaneers team, like they have, they just have, they have so much talent. It's like, you know, they have fucking four 13,000 yard receivers, they have three. Pro Bowl receivers, three all pro caliber receivers, a Hall of Fame tight end. Their offensive line's really good. Their running game is better than it was last year. Uh, their defensive line's amazing. Like their their supposed weak spot, which is the secondary, like somehow always comes alive to get a couple interceptions every game, every important game, every big moment. So I just like I, I want to see Brady lose so badly, but I just don't see any way. Like it, it always is going to end up going his way. So I don't see any team. Being able to beat the Bucks of all the teams that are out there, I give the Rams because they've already beaten the Bucks once this year. That's so why I would maybe give the Rams the the best chance of giving Tampa a run for their money, just because of McVay's play calling. But man, it's like you know, it's kind of like at this point, you know, I I, I kind of I, I still wish I was naive to all of the bullshit that benefits Brady because it would be such a more enjoyable experience. It's kind of like the Matrix where. So you can either choose to remain in the matrix, completely ignorant of what's going on in the real world, or you can come to the real world and see like all the suffering. 
And unfortunately for me, like I've kind of been red pilled or blue pilled or whatever the term is there. And every time I see Brady play, I'm like, oh, yeah, he's there's about to be an interception here that gives him a short field. And then wouldn't you fucking know it? Justin Fields throws an interception. It's like, you know, you get you you've seen it for 20 years. It's kind of like I'm literally calling shit out as it happens. So I hate to go on another rant here. I hate to kind of get away from the main questions you're asking, but. In terms of in terms of the NFC, the Buccaneers are going to win it. It doesn't like it doesn't matter because you look at the rest of their schedule too. The only game, the only remaining game on their schedule that I can literally that I can see them losing is against Buffalo. The rest of their schedule is maybe they no they could lose against Buffalo and maybe a game against New Orleans if good if the good version of Jameis shows up. But it's like those are like at most I only see them losing two more games this year. And finishing like fourteen and three, I'll, I'm gonna say they finish fifteen and two, or, or sixteen and one, and get the first seed. But I, I just don't see any team because it's it's almost like the NFL, and this is like another little mini Brady rant. But it it drives me up a fucking wall because teams don't fucking play Brady. They don't they don't play. They fucking play like ten yards off of his receivers every play, and it's like it, it was like this couple weeks ago on Thursday Night Football when I'm watching my Eagles play against them. I'm like. Get it, like fucking play press coverage, play man press coverage, crowd the middle of the field, force this cocksucker to make tough throws downfield. But instead, you're fucking just giving him like five to ten yards every play with these little dump off passes and these screens. And it's like every fucking screen pass that Brady throws somehow ends up going for fifteen or twenty yards. I've never seen anything like it. It's like uh-huh. and I sit there and watch it, and I'm like, this is this is ridiculous. And then I get to then to make it worse, you have to listen to all the media like suck Brady's dick and like. Oh, this guy, is, he's 44 years old, and next year he's going to be 45 years old. How does he do it, HGH? But then it's like, you know, like you just have to, like, you sit there and you watch, and it's like, it's also, it's also interesting to me how a guy who over 20 years ago at the NFL Combine had one of the worst fucking athletic performances ever is now magically throwing the ball harder than any other quarterback in the NFL at age 44 <laughs> when he had, like, the most average like testing numbers and he had a barely above average arm coming out of Michigan over 20 fucking years ago. It's like, this is Lance Armstrong and Roger Clemens and Barry Bonds all over again, where it's like, people are like, how does he do it? Like the people like stupidly ask themselves, like, how is Brady doing it? I'm like, do you really not know? Like you're, it's like similar, like, man, how do, how is Lance Armstrong winning all these tour de France's after coming back from cancer? It's like, well, because he's obviously cheating. He's obviously doping. It's like, no, he's not. He would never do that. It's like, well, you know, it's like, yeah, he does. So it's just like, then like there was a couple of plays yesterday. I'm really not just yesterday, but all year where it's like Brady throws like a laser and it's like, he wasn't able to do that 20 years ago. Like this, this is fake. This whole thing is fucking fake, but he's able to somehow throw harder now. Like he has the fucking, he has, I read like a stat from like next gen stats that said like Brady has like the hardest thrown pass in the entire league this year, harder than any throw by Josh Allen, by Aaron Rodgers, uh, by Mahomes. Like, like that's not like that's not natural. That's not normal. Like it shouldn't be like that. His arm should look like Drew Brees' arm did, or Peyton Manning's arm did his last few years. Like, but instead, somehow getting stronger. It's like the whole thing just doesn't. And you combine that with all the unprecedented good fortune. I've done the studies on this. Like I've done the research. Like the the amount like Brady for whatever reason somehow gets like short fields, which is basically like possessions that start on his opponent's side of the field. Brady gets short fields at a much higher rate than guys like Rodgers and Peyton and Brees. And it's not even close. And it's been that way for 20 years. So it's like uh, you combine the fact that he's obviously doping or cheating or doing something to skirt the rules, and you combine that with his good fortune. 
and you combine that with all the fucking talent that he has against Tampa Bay. Like, it's funny the other day, like, you know, Antonio Brown and Rob Gronkowski were in playing and then Brady fans like, oh, how is he going to like, oh, there's no, there's no Gronk and AB. Like, oh my God. It's like, well, oh no, he only has fucking two all pro receivers left to throw to. How is he going to survive? Give him a fucking medal. It's like, God, you know, the whole thing is just, it's like, I love football so much. I love football. I love watching the NFL, except for when Tom Brady's involved because he's just a fucking gigantic, cancerous HGH filled blob that sucks up the joy and ruins the sport. And his fan base is the most toxic fan base imaginable. In fact, when you probably post this, when you probably post a link to this video episode on Twitter, there's probably going to be about five or six of his fans that come in and talk shit about me and make up lies about me because they're just insecure about the fact that I'm right about Brady. Like that's what happened last time. Remember? <laughs> that's de- it is definitely going to happen. Again, have, that's sure. what happened last time. Where fucking Brady fans <laughs> came in, they're like, "This guy said this and that." It's like, "No, no, I didn't." And plus, it's like, "All right, let me just say this about Tom Brady, okay?" And you can you can say. You can think about you can think whatever you want about me. I, I I put myself out there, so it's like you have to you have to live with whatever comes with it. I get it. I just want to say this, okay? The reason I know that I'm right about Tom Brady, and this is regardless of stats, but it, the reason that I know I'm telling the truth is because if my favorite quarterback had seven fucking rings, and my favorite quarterback had ten Super Bowl appearances, and all the sh- accomplishments that Tom Brady's had, I could not give a single fuck. What some douchebag who goes by Barry McCockner had to say on social media, unless I knew deep down that he was telling the truth. Mm-hmm. So that is how I know I'm right. Because if I was going out here and saying shit like, oh, Nathan Peterman's better than Brady, nobody would care because they know it's not true. You know, but the fact that what I say is true and supported by stats and video evidence and just common sense, really, in addition to that, shows that I'm right and shows that the fact that like it brings such joy to my heart when I have people say, Man, you know, I really started to watch some of your videos and I really started to change my opinion on Brady. I'm like, that's exactly what I've been wanting. Like, I'm not trying to convince, and this is what like Brady Brady fans, like the hardcore Brady fans, are like, he always blocked us on Twitter. I'm like, well, because I know no matter what I say, I'm not going to be able to change your mind. Like, I'm not say I don't do what I do in regards to Brady because I'm trying to change, you know, the hardcore Brady fans' minds. Because nothing I say is ever going to change their mind. I'm doing it for you know, like the people who are maybe casual fans, I'm trying to basically just t- I'm trying to tell what actually happened as opposed to oh Brady won seven Super Bowls by himself. Like I'm trying to give details, and I'm trying to give context to all this shit. And so the fact that there seem to be more and more people who are kind of seeing what I'm talking about and agreeing with what I'm saying, it gives me hope for the future. It really does. So I just I can't fucking wait for Brady to retire, and not because I think he's great, because I don't think he's great, but because it just it'll be so nice to see more quarterbacks who are actually exciting and talented guys like Josh Allen, you know, and um, Rogers and Mahomes and, and you got Herbert and there's like Lamar even like there's so much exciting young talent in the league. And yet we always get stuck at the end of the year with this stupid joyless, you know, ugh. well, let me ask let me ask you this. Okay. So if I asked you who would win MVP if the season ended right now, you would say Tom Brady, not, not deserved. What I'm here's the question. I, I'm well, I think right now, I think maybe Kyler Murray would get it because of, I was going to ask you that. Who do you think deserves? Now, again, we're not even halfway through the season. And if I had you on every Monday and I said, "Who do you think's the MVP of the season?" Your answer probably would change on a week to week basis, almost every week, because that's just the way MVP races go. But if the season ended right now, as we tape this, and you got the cast to vote for NFL MVP, who would you cast your vote for right now? 
Well, to me, MVP is who has the best combination of team success and individual production. Agreed. And I think that right now I would say that Kyler Murray probably has that. Mm-hmm. Um, I would think that Stafford's also there. Uh, then, you know, I mean, Stafford and Murray would probably be the top two. I know some people would probably say, what about Derrick Henry? And to me, it's like, I don't know. I, I can just, I'm never, you'll never convince me that a running back is, no matter, Derrick Henry's like on path to the Hall of Fame, but, you know, he's a fucking running back. You know, it's like, it's just by, like, by the mere fact that he's a running back, he kind of disqualifies himself from the MVP conversation because the position of running back isn't, just isn't as, as valuable. So basically, the MVP is always going to be, the vast majority of the time, is going to be the quarterback position. So right now, I would probably say, um, uh, I'd probably say Murray, but uh, I think I think we all know by the end of the year it's probably going to be Brady. Brady will probably do it because he's been he's been padding his stats like shamefully with goal line touchdown passes. We saw it yesterday he, he was up he was fucking in the game up like thirty five points in the fourth quarter trying to throw for another touchdown on the goal line. Like it's just it's shameless stat padding. So I think Brady by the end of the year, considering just just the terrible schedule the Buccaneers have, of course. Um, I, I think Brady will, will end up getting ahead of, of Murray. But right now, through seven games, I think the Cardinals 7-0. and Murray's been amazing. I think he would get my vote. I agree 100%. I mean, they're the only undefeated team in the league. He's played very well. Looks really calm. Um, yeah, I, I would vote for Murray as well, if it ended right now. And again, you and I might... If we talk next week, it might be Aaron Rodgers or it might be Stafford too. Yeah, Rod- Rodgers is Rodgers. You know, I, I don't. I think that week one, just that that complete week one shit show against yeah. against New Orleans is really like it was. It was so bad that it's really fucked his stats for the rest of the year. He's um, been great since that game. Yeah, I mean, he's basically played at the same exact level over the last six weeks as he was last year when last he won. Year, at, least, when he won. Not, at least at least he's putting up like similar numbers and efficiency to the numbers he did last year when he had one of the best years ever. But because that week one game, like like at this point, I think the Packers would have to win out, like and go sixteen and one. Uh well, well at least like like the thing about having like such a terrible game like that that Rodgers had week one is that it basically leaves you zero margin for error the rest of the year if you want to win MVP. Mm-hmm. And he had a game like that last year against Tampa in the regular season where he was where he was horrendous. But he was literally like so amazing the other fifteen games that it was that it was still enough for him to win. I don't I don't think because the Packers schedule their remaining schedule is absolutely brutal. Like we always talk we talked about how easy the Buccaneers schedule is. Like the Packers remaining schedule, especially for their defense, is just absolutely brutal. They got they got uh, the Cardinals next, and they got the Chiefs, and they got the Rams. Like they got some. They got some really, really uh, some like they had. They have to play like some of the best offenses in the league the rest of the year. So, uh, for the Packers, if like you're, if you're a Packers fan listening to this, I think they they're fortunate that that they loaded up on some wins against some easy opponents now because the rest of their schedule is is pretty pretty tough. Uh, all right, so we'll we'll end with a Buffalo Bills question. Basically, what I wanted to ask you is this: so you, you've watched this team play. We've talked about the AFC. I personally, and I think, man, I don't want to speak for you for sure, but I don't think that there's one team in the AFC that is head and shoulders above the rest. I, I think there's up to maybe six or seven teams that could that could potentially go to the Super Bowl and come out of the AFC. When you yeah. look at the Buffalo Bills right now, the body of work between last year and, and so far this year, you saw them beat up on the Chiefs. You saw a game against Tennessee that they should have won. I don't think they deserve to win that game against Tennessee because the defense played like shit yeah. and they made a lot of mistakes. But they easily could have won the game anyway. 
When you look at the Buffalo Bills right now, what do you see? And do you see a team that when it's all said and done? So you've established you think the Bucs are going to come out of the NFC. Yeah. Obviously, Tom Brady beat up on the Bills for, for 20 years or whatever. What are the chances that you think the Bills could come out, realistically come out of, of the AFC right now? I think it's a great chance. I think that, in all honesty, they're probably the most complete team. Uh, you look at all their metrics. I mean, they're, they're second in points per drive this year. They're the best defense in the league. So um, despite, despite that performance against Tennessee, Tennessee, like, I think that, like, I think as the season goes on, I think that loss against Tennessee will, won't look as bad. I think because Tennessee is actually still like, remember going into this year, Tennessee was expected to be potentially like the, the winner, like Tennessee was, was one of the best. Yeah, they're good. Uh, and they got off to a bit of a slow start and kind of shaky loss lost to the Jets. The Jets <laughs> yeah. But the last few weeks, like they've, seem to have started to hit their stride again. So mm-hmm. um, I think that I think that Tennessee is a really good team, so that loss for the Bills won't look as bad. I mean, the loss to the Steelers in week one was bad, but um, and, and it's true, the Bills kind of, they, they beat up on some shit teams, shit teams like, Miami, like Miami and Houston, and that might, that might inflate their metrics a little bit. But I think looking at it overall, I think that this is a team like they have the best, they have arguably the best quarterback in the AFC, uh, and I'm looking at the other like Bills are four and two, Titans five and two, Bengals and Ravens five and two, Ra- the Raiders are, are five and two. So, like you said, there's a lot of there's a lot. There's like five or six different teams. I think if it's like where who do you, who do you trust the most? I think for me, Buffalo is certainly because they have some of that track record. They made the conference championship game last year. They made the playoffs the year before that. Bengals still unproven. The Raiders still unproven. The Titans are again are a team like they have a little bit of a track record too. They made the conference championship game a couple years ago. Um, the Chiefs just seem like we talked about at length, can't seem to get out of their way, own way. The defense is legitimately terrible. The Chargers, and again, a lot of talent there, but they're unproven as well. Um, the Ravens have had, you know, they've have they've made the playoffs the last three years, but they've really struggled once they got there. The Bills beat them last year in the playoffs. So they look at it, it's like the team that I think has the best combination of talent, the best quarterback, and uh, the playoff experience right now. I think you have to go with Buffalo. Um, that's assuming they avoid any major injury. Yeah, um, and, and I'll tell you, Barry, I, they also, I mean, you talked about Tampa having a very easy schedule on the NFC side. The Bills, the rest of the way through, very much the same uh, with their schedule. I mean, yeah. they got, they're at Tampa on December 12th. That might be, that will be the one game that on paper they're underdogs. They play at New Orleans on Thanksgiving night. And just like you said with Tampa, you might get the the good Jameis Winston on yeah, that New night. Or- so New, Orleans New Orleans is uh <laughs> New Orleans is like the one uh like you just They're an enigma, man. You never know yeah, what like team that, you're I still get. we're we're what, six weeks in and uh, seven weeks in, like I still have no fucking idea what to think of of the Saints. Right, like, right. But you take away those two games, and even if you want to give the Saints the benefit of the doubt and say they played that a, a good game that night or whatever. Those are the only two teams that the Bills are playing that are even good. I mean, they still got Miami. They still got New England twice. They still got the Jets twice. They got Atlanta at home. They got Jacksonville. So, I mean, there's a good, they got Indy, but Indy's in Buffalo. Indy's been playing better now. But, I mean, you're looking at a team, the Bills right now are, what, 4-2? and two? This is a team that should be no worse than, say, maybe 13-4 and four at the end. Yeah. I guess maybe it comes down to, in the AFC, how much home field might mean in the playoffs. Like, the Bills playing in Orchard Park. I I feel much better about them playing Tennessee again, for an example, in Orchard Park than I would be in Nashville because for whatever reason, Tennessee is just a bad matchup for the Bills. And it's been like two years now like that. But I I think home field is going to matter an awful lot for the AFC. 
Well, I think home, yeah, I think home field always matters unless you're Tom Brady, of course, but <laughs> it's just, it's, you know, it's in Buffalo. I mean, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of strange because they're, they're back on, they're back to being contenders again after being just really terrible for so long mm-hmm. that uh, people kind of forget how back in the day, how much of a home field advantage uh, you go back and you watch all the, the games from, you know, the, the title years in the nineties, early nineties, how much of, you know, how tough it was to win on the road in Buffalo there. Yeah. Uh, Orchard Park, you know, so it's kind of like, you know, I'm sure obviously home field advantage would be big. I don't know. I mean, but certainly, like we said, the NFC is a lot more top heavy. <clears throat> we haven't even we haven't even talked about the Cowboys and the Cowboys are five and one. Um, so who knows? <laughs> I mean, the Cowboys are five and one and, and they yeah. could easily be six and oh right now, if not for, you know, the refs not sucking Brady's dick at the end of that game where they fucking let Chris Godwin get away with a blatant offense pass interference. Yeah. But I'm not, now I'm not saying the Cowboys are going to do anything once they get to the playoffs. I still expect them to lose before the NFC Championship game, like they always do. But in terms of the rest of the regular season, like the NFC has like three or four different teams that could, you know, that it's like three. It's like the Cowboys, the Bucks, the Packers, Cardinals, and Rams. Like you got the, and then it's like a huge drop off. Like well, like we said with the AFC, there's about four. I, I don't expect the Bengals. I expect the Bengals to fall off at some point. Still, still maybe be a playoff team. But uh, you know, the Browns are another disappointing team. I actually picked the Browns to make the AFC Championship game this year. Yeah. Um, but they've kind of been, you know, inconsistent. And I still think they should probably trade away Odell Beckham Jr. Because it seems like whenever he's in the fold, for whatever reason, they just they just kind of suck. Um, he, he, I've always, I've, he hasn't been like an impactful player in like five years. Um, but, yeah, I don't trust the Raiders. I, I, the Chargers, again, like we already just went over it. I think the Bills... There's, there's still still up in the air the AFC a lot of guys as we've said but I think the Bills I, I just like the combination of experience I think Allen has shown that last year that was the big question oh was was you know was 2020 just a fluke and this and that it's like well over the last four games Allen's back to being you know the same he's putting up superstar numbers and he's still uh, you know he's shown that it's, that it wasn't a fluke so I think that now with the the Chiefs basically just kind of you know shitting their pants. Um, I think the bills have kind of taken that spot where they kind of shifted in because remember it was, it was only the chiefs last year that were the only thing preventing them from getting to the super bowl last year. So, right. Uh, I think, um, I think with the chiefs, if the chiefs are going to be out of the way this year, kind of can't get out of their own way. then I think Buffalo is, is in the best position. I would bet my, I would bet on them. Or again, as always, barring you know major injury, barring injuries to Allen or something like that, or potentially maybe some COVID because you never know. If, if is Allen vaccinated? Is Cole Beasley? You know, are they? Who knows? But um, whether whether or not uh, you know that's a whole you know, intense political debate that we're not going to get into on here. But uh, it's like it, it just from a competitive standpoint, it's like who knows? You can never know. Maybe they might get because uh, we're we're already seeing it kind of like with this upcoming Thursday night game where yeah. Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams is out, and I don't know if he's vaccinated or not, but it's like just COVID. Just it seems like COVID's still capable of sneaking up and biting people in the ass, even if you are vaccinated. So again, you got to knock on wood for injuries and COVID and shit like that. But if the Bills were able to avoid any of that bad luck, then I think that they're they should win the AFC at this point, in my opinion. I, I picked the Chiefs to win it again this year, but I didn't. I I did not foresee the Chiefs' defense being as bad as it was. I didn't foresee Mahomes um, having the dumb turnovers that he's had. Um, so I think that, yeah, the Chiefs, I think the Bills are, are going to slide in that spot. Yeah, 
I, I agree. And obviously injury or, or COVID is always going to, you know, that could always be the great equalizer. I think them beating the Kansas City Chiefs a couple weeks ago was very important, not just for the standings, but also mentally to know that if need be, you know, they play them again, that they're capable of getting over the hump. Now losing to Tennessee, of course, that hurts. But I'm confident if they play the Titans again, they might do some things differently. And, they, and they, again, they should have beaten Tennessee. Anyway, all right, just really good stuff. Coming up tomorrow, I got Catherine Fitzgerald, Buffalo Bills, beat reporter for Buffalo News. Friday, casual Friday with my buddy Joe Yurden. Everyone, give Barry a follow on Twitter, at Barry on here. And even more importantly, go to his YouTube, yeah. Barry McCockner. Really good stuff. And again, it's a consistent videos now. Very entertaining, a lot of fun. This was fun. Always love having you on, man. I love talking football with you. Thanks for joining the pod, buddy. Thanks for having me. I love being on here. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.